What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend, a debrief, an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson, joining me in the host spotlight, Miss Alicia Battaglia. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. It's um, really hot. Our our area is experiencing oh, it's crazy hot. a drought and a heat wave. All the grass is dead. I know. It's like 98 degrees. But you know what is good news? What? The carpet in the auditorium That's is true. being torn up as we speak. Very therapeutic to watch. You ever watch those videos of the time lapse of somebody doing a project like that? It's oh, so yeah. satisfying. Out with the old, in with the new. Uh, let's address the elephant in the room. This is uh, Sermon Spotlight episode 200, uh, by the way, which is very exciting. Alicia brought decorations. Uh, let's just let's just call it what it is. We decorated the two and a half of us together for about <laughs> 10 minutes. Uh, Caleb blew up one balloon and then weaseled out of the it. balloon. It didn't. It tasted weird. I didn't want to do it. But here we are, four balloons later. Cried like a baby. Yeah, I did. I think little Sammy could have like been more manly about it. You'll have motivation. More motivation. That is true. That is true. But yeah, 200 episodes. We've been doing this for a little over four years now, almost four years, October. Um, Super exciting. Love it. It is exciting. It's been a very fun thing to be a part of. So Uh, he's joining us, uh, the man, the myth, uh, the legend, Tim Sanford. (laughs) Tim, how you doing, buddy? Where where do you come up with these things from? Uh, they're they're locked and loaded. It's like spin the wheel and see what comes out. Yeah, you know what see I mean. What comes out? What you don't like it? The man, no, the myth, it, the man, Tim Sanford, myth and legend, I, just, I guess. But I don't know. About blowing that. up that balloon made his head really I'm wonky. I mean, yeah. hey, Tim and I were in an all staff lunch earlier, and we, I just threw rubber bands at him the whole time. And I told you he about took off the top of my ear with a rubber band. I told him I, you're yeah. gonna. He was at the kids' table. How, what did what he expect? What am I going to pierce now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, hey, thanks for being here, buddy. You're welcome. Glad Guys, let's jump into a Sunday in review. What better thing to do on episode 200 than what we've always done? Let's talk about the Word of God and how it spoke this weekend. Alicia, I'll come your way first. Tim, we'll see what you have for us, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I love it. I love um, how you, Tim, highlighted God's sovereignty once again. We're just—it's so thick all yeah. throughout yeah, the whole Bible, but Acts here, and uh, we just see how— God's creativeness and his uh, providence and sovereignty, how he bends injustice uh, for his purposes. And um, we see Paul's legal squabbles that he's in. It's going to be used for the gospel to eventually get to Rome, which he's almost there. He's almost there. But it's this fulfillment of of Acts 1-8, where we see the gospel going from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And um, back in chapter 19, Paul expressed his heart for Rome. He wanted to go. Um, And Jesus assured him that he stood next to him and said, you're going to be going. And so like, what better encouragement for Paul to know that he's he's getting one step closer, even mm. though he's definitely had yeah. some bumps yeah. uh, along the way. So um, it's just neat to see mm. through this passage um, that God is working and um, the the gospel is yeah. triumphing and will continue to triumph. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I love as we go through the book, so much has happened already, and so as we as we dive into a new chapter, a new story, or, or a new whatever segment of Paul's journey, it's it's not so much like front loading as Acts one and two, and you explain the difference in the spirit and and what's going to happen. The idea that they've he's been through it, that he's grown through all these things. It's like brother, 
I've been I've been around the block with with my God and going through all this stuff and I, don't know, I have I have found studying it and and being a part of these you know weekend services unpacking it you really get to feel that Acts kind of one eight thing grow bigger and bigger and so it is exciting to get to a point where we we're almost yeah. done yeah yeah and I, then the highlight too of the resurrection <clears throat> is Paul's point and um, in twenty four verse twenty one. He ends with, it is respect to the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial before you this day. And that is his current theme. And um, I just, I think that um, it's really neat how you, I'd, I'd written down where you said um, the Old Testament alludes to the resurrection. And I was thinking about, wow, that's so true. And Paul, he goes out of great, just great lengths to highlight that to his audience here um, in verse 14 when he says, but this I confess to you that according to the way which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written in the prophets, having a hope in God, which these men themselves accept, expect, mm -hmm. accept. And so it's like, I love how you helped us to see how much Paul was highlighting the Old Testament scriptures and that the edits important. And they, um, they allude to the resurrection yeah. and Paul, he recognized that that was the, the hope for which all of the Old Testament prophets waited and watched. And mm. in Hebrews eleven thirteen, I, um, marked that as a pretty important verse it says, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers <clears throat> and exiles on this earth. And then again, in John 8, verse 56, um, Jesus says, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. Yeah. He saw it and was glad. And so um, it's just neat to see that these Old Testament characters were looking forward to that Messiah to come and this resurrection. And so I just, I, I'd like you to draw that idea out a little yeah. bit more about um, the correlation of Old Testament, New Testament, and that theme of resurrection. Yeah. And we see a lot of that, right? Not so much, uh, not just in the subject of the resurrection, but there's so much that the Old Testament points towards that the New Testament then points out, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we have the mystery of the church. It's pointed towards, and these prophets are saying things that they're wondering what that's about, right? Mm -hmm. That's what Paul tells us. And now he gets the opportunity to, this is the mystery of the church. So there's a number of things like that. I feel like that, um, obviously, all that's important. All that is, there's a reason. God, in time past, explains or expresses some of this because he's headed for something, right, that he's going to lay out more in the New Testament. And so I think when it comes to the resurrection, I feel like that is something that I don't know how much we really get a hold of it. You know, I don't know how much of that we really spend time. For me, example, I grew up being taught. Um, so I could tell you um, that there was a resurrection, uh, more or less what I believe as far as when that's going to happen. 
some of the things, like I mentioned, my body is going to change, right? Like some of the details of it. But what really struck me was when Paul was saying in there of like, so it's because of this that I always seek to behave in such a way before God and, and men, right? Like in mm-hmm. light of all that. And I've just kind of looked at some of that and thought, okay, Lord, how much, how much is our lives really truly driven by that? How much do we really, that, that, that whole subject matter really kind of push and motivate and drive us. So, you know, I mentioned like in first Corinthians 15, yeah, you know, where it talks about be steadfast and immovable. Right. That to me is something that, um, why? Because again, he's laid out this whole concept of the resurrection through that chapter. And now he says in light of that, well, honestly, I would say I'm, I have in the past anyways been challenged by, well, be steadfast and immovable, always abound in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain, but not tying it into the resurrection. Mm-hmm. So not really realizing that, wait a minute, God's motivating me at some level with that, but I need to understand what it comes back to. Mm-hmm. And the more I understand that, then there's other things that begin to affect us. Mm-hmm. For example, um, well, I wrote it down here. Second Timothy 2.15, he says to be diligent to present yourselves approved unto God. And then he talks about and rightly dividing the word of truth. Why? Why is he saying those things? Because of the resurrection, right? So we're diligent to be approved unto God. Why? Because there's going to come a day when we're going to rise again and be with him and it matters. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, rightly dividing the word of truth. This, is, this isn't the only motive, right? But it is a motive to rightly divide the word of truth so that I understand what he's saying about the church age, about things to follow after that, the millennial, whatever time in there, and ultimately to the resurrection. That matters to us. And if we're not rightly dividing the word, if we're not accurately handling that, then we come away with all kinds of funny thoughts and some people do, right? And then you watch that whole thinking, attitude, action. You watch their actions. Look how that now impacts them. We've literally had people, you know, getting up on a mountain and waiting because we know the Lord is going to return. And now we've sold everything and we're starving to death. Mm-hmm. Like we've literally had people do that because they're not rightly dividing the word of truth. Mm-hmm. So my point is, is that there's a number of things in scripture that when you start studying the resurrection, you find that God intends for that to affect then how we live. And that's what Paul was saying. This is why I have a clear conscience before you all. And that's it's so powerful. important mm-hmm. to realize why the resurrection is so essential to our faith, because like that is mm-hmm. that is part of the gospel. We can't leave out the resurrection right. part of it. You know, like, yes, Jesus died for our sins, but I love how you brought out first Corinthians 15 because in starting in 17, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and yep. you're still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most, most to be pi- most to be pitied. Mm-hmm. And so there's it doesn't end that right. Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus died for our sins. Right. He conquered death right. and he rose and we are one right. day going to be risen with him. Yeah. Paul, Paul devotes his, his entire life and ministry to basically addressing the question, Jesus died for you, now what? 
And it's such a healthy question. And as he writes these churches and as he explains the magnitude of that thing and how it can actually change the way we think, change the way we act, and, and change the way we really believe, it it starts to make a whole lot of sense that Mark said it from the pulpit before. But we're, we're wasting our time doing all this stuff if, if Jesus didn't right. resurrect from the dead. Sometimes right. we forget to—I ask that question with, with teens all the time and youth, and you can see the dots connect. Do you have any idea what Jesus is up to right now? Do you have any idea where he is? Well, it says he's seated at the right hand of the Father God. In fact, when we pray, it says the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf with groaning, when we have groanings yep. too loud for yep. words. And Jesus is at the right hand of the Father God. So when you pray, you're actually enacting the, the entire Trinity here. And there's this it's so much easier to point somebody to fellowship and intimacy with God when you realize Jesus is, is not dead. It, yeah. it has everything yeah. to do with that. And you guys were mentioning earlier how the Old Testament ties in with the New Testament. You look at the, the story of the transfiguration of Jesus, Moses and Elijah mm -hmm. were there. Mm -hmm. Well, why were they there? Because they had a stake in the claim. Like the, and because they were living. Right? Yeah. They had right. shed this carcass, right. but yeah. they were still alive. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And whatever the this God of the and, living. And whatever this Jesus is doing, they're invested yes. in it, e eagerly awaiting it, looking yeah. forward to it. So yeah. it... it, it merits biblical study to the point where we ought to be studying Jesus's life and everything that happened to it and everything he did with it all the way up through ascension yeah. and as we eagerly await the second coming and all those yeah. times that are yeah. coming. Yeah. So Tim, you had mentioned, this is what you said. You said, Paul knows God is at work in his circumstances, which gives him boldness. And mm. that word boldness jumped out to me. And I was just like chewing on that a little, a little bit this morning. And so I looked up the meaning of boldness in the Blue Letter Bible, um, and these are some definitions. Free and fearless confidence, cheerful courage, bold assurance, freedom in speaking, unreservedness in speech, openly, frankly. And um, I was thinking about like, I, like, oh, they prayed for boldness back in Acts 4. And and I love mm. um, um, there in uh, 429, um, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak yeah. your word with all boldness. And then, um, so here they're praying for it. And then we're going to see God answer their prayer. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word with boldness. And so we see the Holy Spirit showing up giving yeah. them the boldness yeah. they need. And then we, we're not there yet. We will be. But the, the very end of Acts, Acts 28, let me get there, um, verse 31. Um, well, I'll back up to 30. He, Paul lived there two years as, at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And I, I just, I love that. And the, the reason he's bold is because this message, this God had a grip on his life and he believed it and he lived it out. And that like what was, um, he was empowered by the Holy Spirit to preach this message. And that's why it was always on his mind yeah. because it had gripped his heart. Yeah. And when you truly have confidence that um, death is only a door, then you're not afraid you, you, you can mm -hmm. say those mm -hmm. things knowing that you may, your life may be forfeited as a result of that, right? Like that's yeah. what you were earlier in Acts. They were fearful, if you want to say it, of that and saying, grant us boldness that we might, in the midst of this persecution, 
that we're facing. So it means then that the resurrection begins to change our view of circumstances of life and even death, right? Mm -hmm. If Christ wasn't raised from the dead, then we have no confidence that God was satisfied with the payment. That's what that does. It tells us he was satisfied and raised him from the dead. Mm -hmm. If he wasn't raised from the dead, all we then have is God telling us, well, I'll raise you from the dead. Well, we have to trust him for that, right? But when he reveals, look at this, I have power over the dead. Mm -hmm. I raised my own son, gave him life. So we, we've got it. We, we're we're able to say, okay, I'll trust you for mine too then, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And now again, I and I said this, this is easy preaching. Like, and it even gets us like, yeah, kind of thing. But it, but it's, but it's in the moments, like mm -hmm. the text that you sent this morning mm -hmm. of a family that may be going through a really difficult time right now. Can they, can their anchor in that storm of life, can their anchor be in the Lord and they go through it with a confidence in him while the heart is breaking, mm -hmm. right? Over, over the situation that they're facing, right? And yet, like, like do that as believers instead of as unbelievers. Mm -hmm. What a world of difference that is. Mm -hmm. yeah, so well, there's it's... so much that it plays in that I think that it's valuable for us to spend some time studying it, learning about it, so that in turn that will have more of an impact on us that God intended for it mm -hmm. to have. Yeah. Because the resurrection brings hope. And that's what Paul said in go. that verse 15, having a hope in God. Yes. And like yeah. without that hope and who mm -hmm. Christ is and what he's done. Um, Uh-oh. Whoops. <laughs> Our decorations are falling. <laughs> the, it still works. The tape has given it. It fell symmetrically. <laughs> We're good. But hope. Yeah. Yeah. I, another thing that I was thinking about too um, and just like how Paul was having to trust the Lord with all the details. Cause yeah. it just, Paul's story, it's like one of a lot of action, a lot of yeah. action. And mm -hmm. then you get to this, the end of this chapter and he is sitting um, in the Praetorium. I'm assuming he's in the Praetorium still yeah. Yeah. for two years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is like, whoa, put yes. the brakes on yeah. and now wait. And, and it takes so, us three seconds to read that verse, but exactly. to put yourself in right. that waiting. Yeah. Game. Right. Oh, my, and so I was just thinking about like, we've all gone through seasons of waiting, some waiting longer than others. Mm -hmm. And, and I was just thinking about what encouraged Paul's heart during that time. Thankfully, the Lord was kind and gave him a liberal imprisonment where he could have family and friends right. come and bring him spiritual and physical nourishment and yeah. encourage him during those two years. Um, but I'm sure that there was just a lot of time of aloneness with just yeah. him and the Lord. And um, I looked up some verses on waiting um, and there's, there's tons of them on the internet and well in your Bible. I looked on the internet though, like verses on waiting and one in particular jumped out to me was Isaiah 64, four, um, from of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No, eye has seen a God besides you who acts for, who acts for those who wait for him. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that was ringing true to Paul. I'm sure it was. And during that 
time of two years of waiting. And, um, and like we had mentioned before, Jesus had stood before Paul next to him and, um, encouraged him and said, take courage for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. So Jesus promised him like, I'm going to get you to Rome and you're, yeah. you know, God is going to show himself faithful. Yeah. Just wait. Yeah. Just keep right. waiting. Yeah. I'm becoming increasingly convinced that saving faith starts with knowing Jesus died for you, but that saving faith grows with understanding how completely he did so, right? Like Paul devotes so much time to understanding. It, it, let me read this. Uh, I just pulled it up here. Romans 6, 3 and 4, he, says, he writes to the church in Rome, or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. Therefore, we have been buried through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. You see, that idea that we, we to be, accept and embrace the gospel is to be made anew to the degree that it happened to Jesus, right? What, what is true of him becomes true of us and our identity. But man, I've been in ministry vocationally almost six years now, and it always kind of comes back to an identity truth of some sort yeah. and saying, man, do you have any idea the the severity at which Jesus died for you? Because we live like he died for some of us, mm. or we live like he totally died for us, and then he left. And it's kind of like take your take your deep breath and, and spend your time in the yeah. water of life. And then once you get to heaven, you'll be back with him. It's so it's it's easy for me to live that way. Mm -hmm. Yes, he died for me. Yes, I'll see him one day. But the idea that he's here now can get lost on us so easily. Right. That's the acts points to the resurrection, points right. to the reality of the Holy Spirit. And man, right. the more aware we are of those two things, of course, Paul was able to do all this. And just, His the the lens through which he's looking at life is heavenly, right? And not just that right. he's here with us, but we are united uh -huh. with him. Like that, just the union of Christ, thinking of that blows my mind. Like yeah. that is so mm -hmm. much to wrap my head around. And it's around. an encouragement for the people who are scared of persecution or, mm. or people who are scared of where this nation's heading. Like look at the right. gospel will triumph. It has been and will continue to do yeah. so. Yeah. And that stuff's going to happen. So if we're waiting to be comfortable in our faith based on the attacks, what, what a backwards way of looking at it. What we know about God is inevitable, and you alluded to this earlier. It might lead to a physical death. Yeah, but if you understand death is a door, and Paul even said, my desire's to die. Right. I, I, I Philippians or yeah. my desire. I, I, yeah. I want to, but you, you want to, to know stay what here I want. is better for yeah, you. So yeah, right. guess what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, and that's so raw to, yeah. to have... To have yeah. And so I, for those struggling with what's going on or for, man, I wish I, would, I wish I could just go, I wish the Lord would take me, guess what? That struggle is biblical, and there's a passage that accounts for it because Paul yeah. said it himself, but he didn't arrive at that conclusion. He didn't retreat. He didn't, he didn't bury his head in the dirt and wait till okay, we'll see what happens. Yeah. He participated in the lives of other people because it's the Great Commission that's the, the final straw, right? Yeah. That's what we can yeah. do. It's not about going up to the mountains and being like, we think this is it. I think I have the end times figured out. Okay. Yeah. No one knows the hour that's going down. Jesus told us that, but we've been given plenty. Yeah. The assignment's here. Right. Yeah, and so just like Paul was told, you're going to Rome, uh -huh. right? We have certain things that the Word of God tells us. Mm. We don't have, I can't tell you from the Word of God what I'm going to do in one hour, uh -huh. right? 
but it tells me what he's doing and I can line up with that, right? Or seek to line up with that, move in that direction. That's just like good. what we were talking about with, you know, he'll convict the world of sin and of righteousness of judgment. Well, if that's true, then every unbeliever out there that I engage with, I know the spirit of God wants to do that very same thing. It may be through me, it may be in another angle, but that's what he's doing. So Lord, if you're pleased to use me, then I know that you're wanting me to line up with what you're doing. That changes from my thinking, Lord, line up with what I'm doing and you make this happen, right? So now we find ourselves submissive to him, which comes back to the whole thing of his sovereignty. He's the one in charge. I line up with what he's doing and and get the privilege of going in that same direction. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he lets me be a part of it. And why do we do cool. that? Because he's worthy. Yes. And he gets the glory. Right. I mean, otherwise we're just swimming the wrong way. Yeah. And, yeah. and we do it because he's been doing it. Like, I, hopefully you want to be a part of it, right? Mm -hmm. God, God's been using his people. He has, he's revealed himself yeah. in this book. And man, like one thing this podcast can't do and would never do is, is raise the value of discipleship outside of this, right? We can yeah. debrief a sermon and come up with, with statements and heady truths, but we're blind to our own blindness. And it isn't until we can yeah. we can be around the body of Christ that Paul speaks to many different yeah. churches about to say, okay... To, to know the Word of God is one thing, to pray is one thing, and to have people in my life to such a degree that they can help sift through some of, some of that stuff. It, yeah. it makes it so much better, I think. Which I think I love. I, I love this about our church is just the high value of community groups because mm -hmm. what we're doing right here is just a small picture of what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And there is just this fellowship around the Word where we can like really wrestle with things that are hard sometimes. And then also just to encourage one another and pray for one another. Um, it's not a, a not, not a one man show. This right. is like, we, mm. ha we need one another. Right. Otherwise it's very, very lonely. Right. Because like I said, I mean, this is easy to talk about, but hard to live. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when, when those dark clouds are over us, how much better is it when somebody of, of like faith, a family member, and I'm not talking physical, I'm talking spiritual family mm -hmm. member, draws alongside, encourages us. I mean, you think about this. So he says, I have hope in God. Um, what a wonderful thing that God has given to us. What if we were hopeless? How terrible is that if you've ever experienced any moment when you've lost hope in something, right? So now you're going through the valley of the shadow of death and... Um, what a what a potential uh, balm to our hearts. Oh, God. Okay, so so-and-so has passed on. Guess what? I get to see him. Mm -hmm. It's not hopeless. It's not all hope is gone. It's, oh, they've arrived before I did. They got there. It's kind of like going home for the reunion or the holidays or whatever, and the sibling gets there before you, yeah. but you're coming. You're right? just stuck in traffic. But also, yeah. on yeah. the flip side of that, for the family member who didn't know the Lord who yes. is not there, yeah. we can still have hope because we know that our God is bigger and mm -hmm. he is good and he is just and he is faithful to his promises and to his plan. And so like for those of us who have fam family members who yeah. aren't in heaven, right. my only encouragement and comfort is in knowing that God is sovereign yeah. and he's sovereign over their hearts too. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah. <clears throat> so that, you know, it's, it's a, we have as believers, we have hope 
regardless of the circumstance. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. we have all these things down here. Marriage is a great example of a, a covenant designed for this time. But you think about heaven and what that's going to mean and look like, this idea of a, a spiritual family. We can say that and, and hit that nail with a hammer over and over. Spiritual family, spiritual family. We all know our, our blood biological situations tighter and, and deeper and kind of our foundation down here. But when you talk about the body of Christ, right. that is, that's it. That's the operating system. And so it, it's hard. It's difficult to have conversations like that. What, that that yeah. comes up all the time with teens. What about, what about my grandma or my whatever who, who didn't believe? And it's, it's, it's rough. You, know? yeah. you, you don't, you don't want to skip over it, but you want to start to— we don't we don't we don't know uh-huh, the answers. Uh-huh. <laughs> but we know that in the end, regardless, God is going to receive all the glory. Mm-hmm. And he is— glorified in his justice in that way. Um, and, you know, Paul talked about that to, to them about this resurrection, mm-hmm. resurrection of the yeah. just and the unjust there. It's a two sided two sided coin mm-hmm. yeah. um, that God holds all in his hand. So here's a guy who's being held in prison by an unjust judge. <laughs> and yet that guy, Paul, is what we were talking, cares enough about um, Felix to actually witness to him mm-hmm. and to actually present an opportunity and not just what was recorded, but memory he kept coming back right. and he wants to talk about all this. So you, you talk about a <clears throat> potential for our mm. perspective to stay on the right thing in situations like that because of this hope of the resurrection. Mm. And because we know that there's also a resurrection of the unjust, Right. So why would he just, well, I'm going to be quiet and you're going to go to hell, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. he can, he can be vindictive mm-hmm. in that kind of a way, but here's the life of Christ being displayed in his mortal body because he had compassion on him, right? He sees mm-hmm. the multitude, he has compassion on him. He sees the individual, he has compassion on him. And now he's working through a guy like Paul and he wants to work through a, a person like us to engage with those people and have compassion on them, even in the face of injustice, yeah. mm-hmm. which to us in our society is almost such a radical thought. It's like, no way can that be so, mm-hmm. but it is. Mm-hmm. And that's supernatural, right? Mm-hmm. That's God is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And if he can just grip our hearts with that so that we begin to get into step with him, you talk about a change that that makes for us. Yeah. Well, that's what the unsaving world says. They go, that's crazy. Yeah. And we're at the point where we go, you better believe it's yeah, crazy. It the whole yeah. thing's wild. That's right. It, it's absolutely wild. Yep. But the God of the universe chose to reveal himself. We didn't think that was going to be a little bit crazy. Yeah. Hey, come on. Right. Of course it was. Right. This is the truth. This is how it happened. So. God became yeah. man. Wow. What a story. We're a part of it. Tim, thanks, dude. <laughs> Do you want to keep going? No, we can. Right. It's gone fast. It's that's time. All I'm saying. Yeah, but, you know, I would keep going. Yeah, oh, I know. So and, and, hey, question. good job, by the way. You did a whole chapter. Thanks. That this this is why we have this podcast, by the way. Move. You can tell. You can tell. There's just so much, so much there. So, Alicia, thank you so much. Thank you for the decorations. You're awesome. The glue to this operation. <laughs> You're As welcome. a reminder to our viewers and listeners, you can find us all over the place weekly on your favorite podcast platform. Just type in Sermon Spotlight. We pop right up. You'll see the purple logo. All that information you could possibly need and more, you can find at fbcva.org. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love.